We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Name More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming at you Friday morning, October 14th. And on today's show, we're going to go through the Wolves bench players one by one, kind of giving them a stock up or stock down grade through the preseason, right? Like these are the guys with roles this season that could have been adjusted or changed by small, smallly exceeding expectations or or underwhelming a little bit. There, there was room to kind of uh, room to move right in the in the bench pecking order, and I think maybe some of that has happened here in the preseason. To help me out with this activity today is Kyle Tige. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Dane. How are you? Uh, it's still early. I'm still trying to just snort this coffee, but uh, in a good mood. It's Friday. It was payday. Um, we had some major breaking news. Um, thing, something that we hadn't seen coming, where uh, Chris Haynes from Yahoo said that Jaden McDaniels will officially be starting. Um, that's good confirmation. Uh, I think I reported that maybe four months ago when I just started screaming it into your podcast. But um, no, so we kind of have an idea of who the fifth starter is. We kind of knew that already, but it's kind of a weird, ironic timing to like okay cool we know the five guys who will start now let's talk about the bench guys so this is a good topic for today breaking news <laughs> okay oh that's right we got that soundboard let's I, go. Know, I, I like these buttons um yep uh jade mcdaniels is starting moving on uh <laughs> to the bench <laughs> uh well actually first kyle before we uh before we dig into these 10 bench players i do want to just plug one more time that myself mm. And John Krasinski will be at Forgotten Star Brewing this coming Monday, October 17th. As I've been telling you, we're doing a live show. We'll take listener questions on like live on the show. We're going to be giving away two sets of tickets to the season opener. And they're just going to hang out. Uh, the event starts at 6.30. We'll do the live show 7, um, started at 7, maybe go about an hour, hang out a little bit afterwards. So again, we'd love to see you all there. Let's we got good vibes, right? Like the, the the season is here. Things look good. Nothing bad has happened. Everyone's excited. Let's uh let's all get together. Um and yeah, just just hang out, do a live show. Wish yeah, you were gonna be there, Kyle. You, I say I wish I could be there for this one. I'll be back uh having a slumber party with Dane next Friday when I come back for that jazz game. But uh no, uh Forgotten Star's always been really good. I know that's kind of where we kicked off one of our first events ever. And um, we learned a lot of stuff. So as Dane continues to have more and more of these live events, we've tweaked some things. We went to Guitar Center one day and bought a soundboard. Um, so like we're, we're, we're much more prepared for this. So I think that setup on Monday is going to be legit. Yeah, it's actually like back in this banquet room okay, where, where they do like weddings and stuff. So yes, at Forgotten Star in the past, it's just they have this huge tap room. And admittedly, uh, another time we did uh, a show there, the sound wasn't good. But I think this will be better um in in the back room and i think it'll be more of like a show show vibe yeah you're not watching a game it's you know you're there to really just kind of do a live recording so i think it's going to be a really good setup they obviously have really good beer but a big spot get there early and a really cool brewery to just check out for sure yeah that's i i just personally really like forgotten star and and falling knife too um both of those are great 
brewery sponsors uh, this season and just cool places in in Minneapolis. So again, Forgotten Star uh, this coming Monday, October 17th. Get there at 630. All right, Kyle, let's uh, let's dig in. Which uh, which bench player do we want to start with in our stock up, stock down activity? Let's start with Nas. Nas Reed, probably the man of the preseason. Um, and a guy, this is going to be, we'll keep this short, but this is going to be a fun one to do because a couple of weeks ago when we did our predictions, you know, I think you set off this train of thinking in my brain. I've been saying for months, this is the deepest team ever. You've been agreeing. Everyone that talks and writes has agreed, but you're starting to get into this area where it's like, okay, are they too deep? Or like, what is the long term of some of these guys? So I put stock up, stock down, Nas Reed, stock up. He yeah. looked phenomenal against the Lakers. I think he had like, what, 20 and 10 at halftime. Um, you can see how just competitive that dude is. He's continued to reshape his body. Uh, he can, looks like he can play the five or the four. Will he do that in the regular season? Do you think he'll play next to Carl? Do you think he'll play next to Rudy? That remains to be seen, but Who knows? he's had, he's had such a great preseason. Really. I think we're hard on him because he falls a lot or he does, you know, sometimes against, you know, he, he can't, he'll never guard Joel Embiid ever, but not a lot of guys can. So he is a kind of a niche center backup center on a good team starting center maybe on a bad team but he's looked so good and in a contract year as well which is a theme for a lot of these guys or a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about have a chip on their shoulder um i'm excited for Nas because it feels like senior year really it feels like i'm watching Nas reed and jalen noel senior year and next year they're both going to go off to school like somewhere that. and i'm going to be sad and i'm never <laughs> going to see him again so Nas reed stock up yeah, I, I think that the most obvious, like it's obvious that Nas's stock is up, but I think the expectation going into the first preseason game is that we would have been here at the end of the preseason and say like Nas's stock is down, right? Because yep, we yep. didn't we didn't know if there was going to be any room for him in the rotation. I mean, he's got to be up there in most minutes played in the preseason. Obviously, that's a product of Carl and Rudy missing time, but I mean, he's pretty much maximized those minutes and kind of the ability to show him operating in different spots. I don't remember if it was with you or with somebody else I mentioned before. Like, I hadn't really considered Nas as like a dunker spot guy where Vando kind of sat so much last season. But if we think about that, kind of like fits his skill set, right? Like Nas is pretty quick on his feet, can get up there quickly, like drop it off to him at six feet, boom, up for a layup, dunk, whatever. I think Ant has found him on a few of those this season. So we don't know what Nas's role is going to be this season, but uh, but definitely think we have to say that stock is only uh, improved here in the preseason. Uh, I don't know. Let's do for the next one. Let's. I think if we're if we're starting with the ones that are most obviously up, like Bryn Forbes, has to be the other one here on this list whose whose stock is really um, improved this season, uh, this preseason for the Wolves. We come in, right, Kyle, to to the signing of Bryn Forbes, and you go, all right, they got a shooter, right, um, for about a tenth of the cost of Malik Beasley. And so I think it was, I mean, for all of us who haven't, you know, followed Bryn Forbes's career all that closely, you you probably thought you were going to be getting somebody who was, like, maybe at most half the player that Malik Beasley was. And... The preseason has suggested otherwise. Uh, the, I think I, in my mind, underrated the shooting. I have the, uh, I have his catch and shoot shooting numbers here for his career, and one, I didn't realize how good it was, and two, I didn't realize how many catch and shoot threes he has taken in his career. In six years in the NBA, he's taken one thousand three hundred twenty nine catch and shoot threes, made five hundred sixty three of those. That's forty two point four percent on catch and shoot threes for his career on a really, really large sample size. Uh, The the best year of his career um, from a catch and shoot standpoint was the 2020-21 season when he was in Milwaukee, won a championship with them. Again, playing next to two bigs in Brooke Lopez and Giannis Tenacupo and, you know, even Bobby Portis. A lot of the time when Forbes was on the floor, right, he was next to a more traditional power forward and center type of combination in that season. He shot 46.3% on catch and shoot threes. Like we still don't know exactly how big the role will be for Bryn Forbes. He shot 287 catch and shoot threes that year in Milwaukee. 
Will he play enough minutes to shoot that many this season? I don't know, but I feel a lot more confident about the fact that when Bryn Forbes plays and he's taking catch and shoot threes, that those are going in over 40% of the time. And that's that's valuable on this team, which pushes his, I would say his stock is even up higher than Nas's. Yeah, and I've, we've been saying this for, I've been saying this for a couple of months that like in, back in summer league, we got to hang out with a lot of the kind of the Denver reporters and stuff. And I think the Denver reporters just had a bad taste in their mouths because I don't think Bryn Forbes was that good mm-hmm. in his Nuggets stint. Um, and he is one of those former Nuggets that comes over uh, with Tim Connolly. But I mean, yeah, dude, a, a month ago, these these West Coast games, this is just a spoiler alert. I'm going to be drinking. But these West Coast games, like I was watching the Laker game and a month ago, I thought Bryn Forbes wasn't going to make the team, maybe. Or like, is he going to be on the team? Like, there's so many guys. Is he going to be in the rotation at all? And then Wednesday night, I was like, oh, shit. Like, is Bryn Forbes going to start? Because like he... <laughs> you, you, Another you small rarely, forward candidate. <laughs> you, you know, like, you rarely can just lose a guy and be like, yeah, we're just going to go get this guy for one-fifth the price. And he's just going to he's just gonna fill the Malik Beasley role. Well, that's not a thing. It kind of is a thing with Bryn Forbes. Like, he's just... He, he can run around screens. He like you just gave all those shooting percentages. He can hit from just sit, standing still in the corner or coming off a screen going 100 miles an hour. Um, I had no idea that this was still like in him, and he's such a valuable option that I don't think you can ever have enough shooting to the point where you could just put him in all sorts of different lineups and rotations. Totally. Like that's that's the thing I'm excited about this year is just to watch Finch and like he's not just going to have seven different lineups. He's going to have 107 different lineups. So if you want to put a shooting lineup out there with, you know, Ant, D'Lo, Bryn Forbes, Carl, and then like maybe Torian Prince, like you could have enough defense, just enough defense to kind of keep you above water, but also just this amazing ray of shooting. So that's the thing, Kyle, I think with the, with the determining how much Bryn Forbes can play will be um, a lot about those quote unquote shooting lineups and how well right. they can guard, right? Like, right. I think that group specifically that you just went through, um, the you know, that's D'Lo and Forbes who are average yeah, below they average. They gave up a bucket as we're talking about. Yeah, it. but like if the, that's the thing is like if Forbes can be out there with three other players who you know we project to be very good defenders, which there's a lot of different lineup combinations that the Wolves can put together with that. You didn't even mention Jade McDaniel's in that fake lineup we just put together. So I. I think this team has enough defensive coverage to make up just for the the lack of sort of size Forbes has um, that limits him defensively. But uh, but yeah, he he seems like somebody that we can plug into a lot of different lineup combinations, and he will at least provide spacing value and shot making value and catch and shoot threes. He, and this is a kind of a deep statistic, but he also just has like this resting just face where he's just constantly pissed off at people. Yeah. And he had that at media day. He has that when he hits threes. He has that when he misses threes. He just constantly looks like I should be out here playing 62 minutes a game. Um, so he does. He kind of Shooters fills are the Malik most Beasley. confident people, man. You got you to be. He, he really does fit that Malik Beasley role. He seems a little crazy. He can shoot <laughs> the hell out of the ball. And he makes, you know, like one fifth of what Malik makes. So not only is he going to be part of the rotation, I mean, as this develops early and then the rotation will change all season, but like, he has to be one of the top guy, nine guys Finch is going to go to just because he is a deadly shooter. Give me a stock down guy from preseason. Um. Okay. So you you had to have had some stock. No, down. no, no, you did, no. I, I tried to be ten stock fair downs. with this. I did. I got five red marks. Um, wow. Nate Knight was a stock down. Uh, I thought he looked. I had that too. Again, you could do stock up for all these guys because the Wolves have been dominating the preseason mostly with second and third tier guys. But. I just thought after seeing how good Nate or uh, Nas Reed was, also the president of you know Los Angeles, uh, Luca Garza. There's just so many bigs now that it's like I don't know where Nate Knight fits because you're not. I mean, you're going to have Carl and Rudy out there for 85 percent of the time. We're going to try to squeeze Nas in a little bit. Could Kyle Anderson play the four or five? Can Jaden play the four? Like, I just don't see where Nate fits into this year's roster. Yeah. Even though he's played well, his stock has to go down because there's just there are like no minutes for that dude. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I had down uh, for night as well. And it's not a product of what he's looked like on the floor. I actually thought kind of in that fourth quarter of the, the Lakers game, the fourth preseason game, you know, it's kind of 
it was one of those interesting situations where you are with the end of the bench guys, but the game itself was being determined, you know, um, it was like a seven, eight point game or something and saw Knight and Jalen Noel play and pick and roll some, um, I, I, it's not that Knight doesn't have a skill set. It's just that he doesn't have it. Does he doesn't seem to have a role on this team? And so I'm just kind of anticipating something similar to uh, to last year from him. I'll pick another uh, stock down as well, guy. And this is I mean we barely even have seen him play, so this is more kind of the same idea of role. But I will say Wendell Moore Jr. Um, stock down in in the preseason and. I think there are these intriguing aspects of Wendell Moore where it's this your you know, your classic like fifth guy out there isn't going to take up more space than he needs to um you know can guard the ball solidly can handle it a little bit there's there's elements of his game that really make sense as a role player but what I haven't seen out of him in summer league in preseason is the ability to get to his own shot and be able to make it. There, there's an element. I think he's a better shooter than Jared Culver, but I think with Jared Culver, outside of confidence issues, what what ultimately like did him in, and what does a lot of shooting guards in the NBA in these days is just your ability to get to your shot and make your shot. Like you have to have a spot, you have to have a move that you can go to if you are a wing in the NBA today and be able to score in in that situation. And with Wendell Moore Jr., I don't know what that is yet either. Where are you going to be able to make an offensive impact scoring at all? What is what is your move that you can do? And obviously, he's played zero games in the league. At some point this season, maybe he cracks the rotation if and when there's injuries or something like that. I'm curious to see that, but I need... That's what I always wanted out of Culver. Like, what? where is your area on the floor that you can work that is productive? I have the same question for Wendell Moore right now, um, and he has a long time to prove that. But right now, yeah, we slide him down in the pecking order. I also, I also had him stock down. This is for degenerates only, but I really want to see him just play thirty-eight minutes in Iowa, like just for like a couple sure. of months. I just want to, like, you know, he. I just want to see him run around for a while. I want him to be good. Obviously, first round pick, right? He's kind of the future. When you start to get into how expensive this roster gets in year two, year three of this experiment. But yeah, you know, this is for a topic for another day, but he, he, he's good at a lot of stuff, but he's not great at anything yeah. in my opinion. And no one's really watched him more close up than you and I, just cause we were in Vegas for that summer league thing. And it does make me think can, as a role player, like in the NBA, can you be a role player out of college? Like, can you just, or do you like develop into a role player because you were really, really good, like. Things like Torian Prince, for example, like you were really good at something early on right. and then you just a- adopted that role when you got to be a veteran. I don't know off the top of my head if you can just come into the league at 20 and be this versatile role player. Because, again, you have to have something that you're like, that's my go to. That's right. defense or height or you know jumping. About. Just he, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy. Um, the Brogdon comp will remain in my brain. But Brogdon was really good at some stuff early on. And also one rookie again, a year as a rookie. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think Wendell Moore, more than anyone on this team, even Josh Minot, because Josh Minot, it can at least bring to the table, I'm really long, I can jump really high. He said it himself, I know how to jump. So for Wendell, it's like, just need to see him. Then they plugged him in to be a point guard, which is, you know, he had a little different role in Duke. So stock down for him. Um, I don't see how he makes the rotation this year. I mean, yeah. that's, I just I think he's just going to have a red shirt year in Iowa, which is probably really good for him. Um, and then they'll rely on him maybe year two. So uh, another guy, too, I'm just going to throw back to you. Josh Minot. He was the yeah, other guy. Just hit that. The rookies in general, the, the rookie class. I just don't see how they play this year. Um, well, right, Kyle, not, it's telling like where they played in the rotation yeah. during preseason, too. It's yeah, where they're playing them, play them in the rotation with the other two way guys, with the other training camp guys. You never really saw Wendell Moore or Josh Minot in the mix with the other players that we feel will be in the rotation this season. Again, totally fine. Um, We've seen growing physicality from Josh Minot. I think he's put on weight um, in a good way since since uh, summer league. But but yeah, he he's kind of uh, yeah, he's just kind of one of like Nate Knight. There, you just don't see an opportunity 
nothing really blew you away in limited preseason minutes. So just by you naturally have to side him down, right? It's a red flag if you draft a guy in the first or second round and they don't play year one on a bad team, yep. right? That's just like, we can't, we're bad. We're not going to win games. We still can't find minutes for this guy. We can't trust him. It's not a red flag if your rookies don't play year one on a team that we've talked about a lot, 50 wins, you know, expectations, deepest team ever. Like both those guys would do very well to just go get seasoned for a year in Iowa. And then what can you expect from them in year two? 100%. Um, Kyle, we're going to do our, our, a live ad break here. When you were uh, when you were out here for Media Day a couple of weeks ago, we went to Hyacinth uh, Restaurant in St. Paul uh, on Grand Avenue. That's Hyacinth H Y A C I N T H, uh, and and they they took care of us. They're going to be a sponsor of the the show this season. And I really I really like this idea, kind of like the breweries of um, engaging these listeners with new places that you know somewhere we hadn't heard of before. But uh, I'm Italian. It was uh, Italian food. <laughs> I, I loved it. Uh, what was what stood out to you from uh, our experience at Hyacinth? Well, anyone who really knows me, not just online, but is a friend of mine, you you know this. I love three things: um, the Timberwolves, Hawaii, and chicken parmesan. Um, <laughs> oh, and four, Abby. She just walked in. My wife too. Four, she would be at the top. Um, and they had the best chicken parm I've ever had. You and I were like running around all day. Stopped by this restaurant. We actually remember we had like twins tickets. Mm -hmm. to like all you can eat and drink and we didn't eat it all because we just were served every possible italian combination um but it's a really cool it is it is kind of like a seems like a mom and pop restaurant it is owned by ricky and ashley they're a fantastic couple like the brewery thing they're timberwolves fans so they were fantastic to hang out with for an hour and again i would not say this if i didn't the best italian food i have probably ever had it was i mean and they've i think ricky was up for like a james beard rising chef award a couple times, like it's not just a place that likes the Timberwolves and cooks some good food. Like it's a place that likes the Timberwolves and cooks really great food. So highly recommended. Go check it out. Um, really yeah. great spot to get food before you go to a game. Ricky's the dude from the Bear, man. If if you've yeah. watched the if you've watched <laughs> yep, the TV yep. show The Bear on FX, um, Ricky was a chef out in New York. Came back home, started Hyacinth. I think yeah, that's such a, a cool story. Yeah, yeah. it's a, an awesome story. I would say too. Um, to, to check out Hyacinth on, on Instagram. I, I think that's for a restaurant, a, a good way to do mm. that. They're Hyacinth, mm -hmm. H-Y-A-C-I-N-T-H dot restaurant on, on Instagram. You can check that out. And then they link to their website there too, if you want to look into what the menu looks like exactly. But it is, you know, it's a foodie place. That menu is, is constantly sort of changing. Uh, you said it'll be different in the winter than it was in the summer or the fall. But yeah, Tuesdays through Saturdays, they're an Italian restaurant that um, that serves serves dinner for you. It's a it's a small sort of intimate space again in St. Paul, right there on on Grand Avenue. And I'd love for you to to check out Hyacinth as a place to support local business here. And I'll keep I'll keep bugging all you listeners uh, about this and and why it's a place that uh, that I love and you know want to continue to go to throughout the season. You told me when we sat down, like, okay, I'm excited for this, but I don't like olives. And Ricky convinced you to be an all fan after he brought you that little place. So if they can That's get true. Dane to eat his vegetables, uh, yeah, great spot. And again, too, they do a lot of local stuff with farmers markets and local distributors and farmers. So it's a good place that wants to support the pod, but also we should support them. Uh, really great couple, really great restaurants. So Hyacinth, go check them out. Definitely. All right, Kyle, give me another stock up or stock down from the Wolves bench. Um, let's go, We'll turn it back up. I thought, I mean, Jalen Noel. Yeah, he just looks unleashed. Uh, that Laker game, maybe a tad too unleashed. Like he he looks like when he gets on the court, he is ready to shoot the ball. Um, I kind of actually miss Malik Beasley in the sense of just Jalen's new confidence of being told that he's like one of the core players. I would just love to have Jalen and Malik on the court at the same time because it <laughs> would be like a tug of war. But Jalen's another guy like Nas. He's come through the developmental system. He's put in his time, and a lot of that time was not playing. Um, he is going to bet on himself. He probably thinks he deserves, you know, four years, $60 million. Um, but he's going to be a big part of this team this year because he is as good of an off-the-bench pure scorer. You tweeted out something yesterday. Like, he's nasty when he gets in the pick and roll. But, again, the senior in college thing, I find myself being a 
a, just a sappy person being like, God damn, this might be the last year we watch him play. Cause I love that kid. I, I want that guy to make a hundred million dollars next summer. I think you mentioned the pick and roll and, uh, like last season, he, he was very good in the pick and roll and it wasn't that small of a role. I mean, we saw Jalen play a lot. He ran 235 pick and rolls that led to a shot or a pass that led to a shot according to synergy. And if you like filter it all out for the players who ran over 200 pick and rolls last season, the most efficient or the most productive pick and roll player in the league was James Harden. The second most was Seth Curry. The third most was Jalen Noel. Then Chris Paul, four, Kevin Durant, five, Trey Young, six, Drew Holiday, seven. I mean, that's some that's, that's some serious company. <laughs> and again, that's not a small like sample size. 235 pick and rolls from Jalen Noel last year. And if anything, I think you can make the case that he would benefit, would have benefited last season, been even more productive if he had a consistent role. Signs are, we don't know exactly what Jalen Noel's role is going to be this season, but I think it's going to be more consistent than last year. I think he has the skill set to, to do that again offensively in the pick and roll. I think they need that even more now this year, losing Papev, who did play make. You know, we think about Papev all as just this, oh, they're going to miss him on the defensive end and miss his leadership. Like, Papev was an important playmaker on this team last season. I think Jalen Noel fills up some of that role this season. We saw him playing in those type of actions in the preseason. And he just has the footwork to be able to, and the shot-making ability to score at all three levels in the pick and roll, out of the pick and roll. Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen Noel is... Uh, the people listening to this podcast know what Jalen Noel is about, but I think he's going to be one of those guys that as the Wolves are in the national spotlight a little more this year, people are going to be like, who the hell is this kid? And we're going to be like, we told you. He, he's a starter in a reserves body kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if he had Ant's frame, he'd probably be on the ringers top 30 untradeable list. Like he, he <laughs> you know, he can score. He's shown you and his scoring has only gotten better since he was in Washington. But like Bryn Forbes, and this is this was mentioned, I think, by Finch earlier this preseason. The thing that's going to keep him on the bench is if he doesn't play defense. You know yep. what I mean? Like he still has to be able to defend. That's the one kind of bugaboo on his on his resume. Um, and if he can just give you average, you know, even attempts at, at defending, because you again, all these rotations are going to have so many other long guys around him. But he, I think he's going to have a big role this this season. We don't know what it's going to be exactly, but again, too. The contract thing is something whenever I see him check in, I, I think about is it. like, is this guy here long term or is this the last year we get to see him? I'm going to move on to uh, Austin Rivers, and mm. I have a feeling we might have this one different. Um, I said stock up. I kind of did stock up slash down, but I also I thought about it for a while and I'm, I'm moving Austin Rivers to stock up. I know if you like go and you just look at the raw numbers of of the preseason and particularly scoring numbers, you'd be underwhelmed by, by what Austin Rivers has done this year. And I think it's just a reminder or it's about your belief of, of what Rivers' role is going to be. And I think you got to think about it as the guy who's going to get into the ball physically and is going to help this team defend on the perimeter when they need to. And I've seen that. That was a little bit of a question for me coming in because it, you know, he talked about it in Denver. Numbers were a little bit better defensively in Denver last season. But really having the chance to watch him, whether it be in practice um, or in these games, you can tell how intentional he is on the defensive end of the floor. And again, as we're talking about Pat Bev voids that, that need to be filled, that specific role is really important. I feel better about Austin Rivers' ability to do that. I was trying to, clearly Austin Rivers is my favorite player on the team, but like, I had him stocked down only from a just a, a uh, 10,000 foot view in terms of like, I feel like he's been subbed in a lot with like the real end of the bench guys. So I don't know if that's just, hey, we know what we're going to get from Austin come regular season. We don't we're not trying to play him too many preseason minutes. Um, I'm not super concerned about any of one statistic because he said I don't really care about statistics. I just want to win. But I mean, yeah, he, he's looked good defensively. I just think I expected him to maybe be coming into even a preseason rotation a little earlier and just, I mean, I would like to see Austin play with like some of the real guys. I mean, clearly sure. Carl and Rudy have been on the court almost non-existent this preseason, but like when the regular season starts, I would like to see Austin come in in a game early 
and just you know what is what does it look like with him next to to Ant? What does it look like with him running pick and rolls or like just next to Carl? So I do, I'm not down on Austin Rivers by any means, but I think to be it's one of the fair, ones. Yeah, yeah. It's just it hasn't been something that's popped off the court. Things he said, his leadership's like that's stuck up, up, up. But down, it's just or on the court, it's just like ah, I don't. Maybe thought there'd be a little more juice early into the season. I think the juice thing, like literally the the physical juice, um, has been the the one concerning element to me about him. He has that like he has that ability to have a really quick first step, right or left, and so he can in one on one isolation, like he can get yeah. by a, a lot of guys. What I have seen is what it like a little less explosiveness that comes with being now a 30 year old um, mm-hmm. after that first step. And he's, you know, he's not, he's not huge um, to be able to like physically go up and, and finish a, around a big at the rim. Uh, I think we've started to see a little bit of physical deterioration from him, but that also reminds me of Pat Bev last year, right? Like I know a lot of Wolves fans. That was probably the first time you ever really watched Pat Bev, like really consistently watched Pat Bev myself included. But if you go back and watch Pat Bev, like in those Houston days, right, that was a significantly more athletic player, athletic defender. And Pat at 34 was still able to be, you know, an extremely effective defender based on, you know, just mentality and and IQ defensively, knowing those sort of things. Um, But he didn't have the physical pop that, that he once had. I think it's a very similar situation with Austin. Where I'm like, all right, I just need you to get into the ball. I need you to know where to be defensively. I need you to talk, communicate there like Pat Bev did. And if you're not 100% of the athlete that you were five years ago, that's fine. Just do what you need to to do. And I do feel pretty confident about Rivers doing that. And again, to my point, I, I, I'd have to go back and double check, but I think he has just played a lot with all reserve lineups or mm-hmm. just he hasn't really been into the flow of what this main rotation is going to look like. And to your point about maybe losing a half step as he gets to be 30, I think mentally he's still very sharp because there's a couple plays in that Laker game where like he had a pass, I think Luca Garza or somewhere like the, the the reserve player, the young player just didn't really see that play developing, mm-hmm. but Austin did. And that's another reason it's just like, I'd like to see him play with guys that maybe see it a little more, have a little more experience because I think what he might lack a little bit more physically at 30, I think he still has mentally, but you got to be playing you know, with other guys who see the court just like you do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Give me another one. This is, this, let's just go to the, my favorite one now. Kyle Anderson, to me, has been the biggest stock up. <laughs> and if you look at the box scores... Uh, it's not going to wow you again. Um, I think Kyle Anderson could be the first guy this year that we're all tweeting about late at one night. It's like, okay, Kyle Anderson's two steals away from a five by five. He also might struggle to hit those five points, right? Like he'll give you the blocks, rebounds, the assists and stuff. But it made me wonder, and I looked this up, could Kyle Anderson be the best free agent signing of all time for the Timberwolves? (laughs) Wow. Who else is right, who's top, up there? So off the top of your head, most of these signings get a little older. Trenton Hassel, a couple other guys. Taj Gibson would be one. That was the Derek one I was Rose, thinking of. Derrick Rose would be one. But the one that I found on some obscure website that I actually think is a really good comp, they signed Andre Kirilenko for like two years, 20 yeah. million. Yeah. And I think Kyle Anderson might be like, I like that. a non-Russian Andre Kirilenko. 
Like he he does the same. He you you never thought AK forty seven could really shoot. It was all the other stuff. He was long, the intangibles. He could bring the ball up. All this stuff. He could play. He could guard one through five. Play one through five. I think that's Kyle Anderson this year. Yeah. I think he is modern day AK forty seven and. I think Finch is just going to plug him into 62 different rotations and holes when things aren't going well. And you're going to see the team take a six Oh run as soon as he subs into the game. I've said this before too. The the thing I'm most encouraged uh, from Kyle Anderson's preseason play is his ability to guard different types of bigs uh, mm-hmm. that first preseason game against Bam Adebayo. I thought he held his own. I think that's really important. Um, so when the wolves do play two big teams, they don't need to necessarily like, go away from their staggering Rudy thing, you know, staggering Rudy and cat thing, being able to still stagger cat Rudy, but guard two bigs with Kyle as the, as the second big, I think that's going to be really important. Um, Haven't seen as much his ability to, you know, kind of guard the self-creating wings effectively or like big wings. He got a LeBron in the, the fourth preseason game that didn't go as well. That's (laughs) not really what I'm talking about. You know, that's a, that's probably a, a step too far in what we're expecting uh, from Anderson. But I think those type of big wings that aren't LeBron's caliber of offensive player, I think Kyle could potentially be able to guard that too. And I think that goes a long way in this team. So yeah, major stock up for me as well. And he's a, he's a reason why Nate Knight's stock is down to yeah. Just because again, I think Kyle Anderson is going to play a lot more minutes kind of in your front court off the bench, then again, like he's just a better all-around player than Nate Knight. So as much as I like Nate, where does he come into this equation when now I can give you four or maybe five good rotation fits for that front court? So yeah, Kyle Anderson to me has had the most impressive off se- or preseason and it hasn't even been statistical. It's just like, oh, that guy can do... I mean, the Swiss Army knife thing gets thrown around a lot. He is your Swiss Army knife. So the two we have left are Jordan McLaughlin and Torian Prince. Am I correct? Or am I missing anyone else? I have a, I did like a up or down column in an Excel spreadsheet. And then for Luca Garza, I have six rows of just up, 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 up. <laughs> um, his performance. I will say, let's just go really quick on yep. him because I forgot this. Explain what his deal, Luca Garza deal is and like what you think his future would be for this season. Yeah. I mean, he's on an exhibit 10 contract, which isn't an NBA contract. It's basically, it's a, it's a training camp deal with a little bit of cash that, that you get CJ Ellaby, PJ Dozier on the same sort of thing. But, yeah, they're not even on a two-way, which is, you know, what we had like Nate Knight on uh, last season. With Garza, in theory, like if they were to waive A.J. Lawson, who has that second two-way spot next to Eric Pascal, if they were, then you could slide maybe Garza into that spot. I I think like on his play in, in the preseason, uh, he looks like Finch called him a system fit. I, I think he would fit, but it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about with Nate Knight, where it's like, all right, uh, if Nate Knight is the fourth center, um, right. then Luca Garza's the the fifth. Has Garza usurped Knight? You know, in in that pecking order, like he would almost have to to get that two way slot. He would almost have to be clearly viewed by Tim Conley and everyone as you know as better than than Nate Knight is, and better enough to kind of maybe even justify waving night. And I don't, I don't know if we're there yet. And if we're not, what Garza can do is he can, um, he can play in Iowa, right? That, that they can convert that exhibit 10 into a G league he's already, deal. He's already proven it. He's played in Iowa. He, he has he, good analysis. Home court advantage. <laughs> no, I, I just, again, all jokes aside, I thought every time he's come in, he has been really good. I had no idea that he could, I mean, maybe it's a small sample size, but like, he, I didn't know he could stretch the floor. Like I, that. I think he, I think that's real, man. And and just having watched him like in okay. camp and stuff, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's anecdotal. That's subjective. Whatever. But I, I kind of, I, I feel like I do that year over year. I'm like, oh, just just watching these guys warm up of like who really stands out as a shooter. I remember a couple of years ago, I talked about Keelan Martin, just somebody I didn't really know of at all, but just watching him shoot, I'm like, this dude's gonna be a shooter. Um, on on this team and. And Luca Garza stands out that way too, where taking open practice threes, he's making them at a at a crazy clip. And if and when he were to play in the league, you know, those are the type of threes that he would be asked to take. So I do feel confident about to, you know, with the caveat that he's a G League player right now. Uh, for a G League player, I think he can play on the inside and the outside. Defensively would be uh, I, I think a major issue uh, in in the league, particularly they would just run a lot of pick and roll. But um, 
yeah, he, he looks to me like an NBA player. I'm, I'm, I think he's probably going to ultimately start the year not in the NBA. Uh, but whether it's with the Wolves or going somewhere else, I, I think Luca Garza plays plays in the NBA this season. Let's hit those. Uh, let's hit those final two. Um, uh, I'll, I'll throw it out. Torian okay. Prince. Um, this one was mixed. Again, they hasn't had a lot of reps in the preseason, but I just think seeing him shoot when we're in Vegas, kind of at, at uh, shoot around in the morning, or just talking to him, he does seem healthier. I'll, I'll always stand out that last media day in 2021, like he talked about how. In the summer, he had to crawl to the bathroom in the middle of the night. He had a really bad ankle that he was rehabbing. He looks really good physically, mentally, he's in a good spot. Um, and I, like every time I see him shoot, I think of your prediction about how he's going to shoot like damn near forty percent from three. Um, yeah. I just think he's going to have another role too, and he's just going to be another one of those guys that Finch can go to if it's not working with Jaden. You plug him in if it's not, you know, pull Ant, put him in. So he's going to do a lot of stuff, and he. I think this should be a really good shooting year for him, and that's what they need. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as the Bryn Forbes idea, right? That, like, you know he's a good shooter, but the numbers could really spike um, mm-hmm. in in this type of lineup, you know, surrounded by Ant and Cat and D'Lo and Rudy um, in, in different sort of lineup combinations. I think Torian Prince is going to have a very, very strong shooting season this year. My, my only, uh, like, nit I always kind of pick with Prince is I'm like, a little bit too much of like the pump and go drive game. Like I'm, yeah. Yep, if you're yep. there and you can you can have a catch and shoot, even if it's slightly contested. I like when Prince shoots those. Not that he and and it's nice that he can get to the basket a little bit and he's he's big. Sometimes I think he just leans into that a little bit too much. And I think the role on this team asks him to be more the, you know, like Malik last year. Like yeah, you got it, fire it. You know. Just take the keys away from them. Just don't, you don't get to drive. You just got to stand somewhere and shoot. <laughs> yeah. Or just a little bit. You can drive to the grocery store, but um, Jordan McLaughlin's the last one. I put stock down on him again, not a product of, of how he played, but I think um, we've got some hints in the preseason that there will be zero point guard lineups, meaning no D'Angelo Russell or Jordan McLaughlin oh, on the okay. floor. That's a good point. Um, and, and just the idea that they could run an aunt Jalen Noel, like kind of combo backcourt, who's the point guard in that we don't know, but it's not Jordan. Um, Finch has repeatedly said that he trusts J Mac implicitly as the backup point guard, though. He said that a lot, um, last season. And there was a lot of times, even towards the end of the year, prior to the playoffs where J Mac wasn't playing at all in games or, uh, had a more limited role. And I think. If Delo's going to play 32, I'm not sure. 32 a night, I'm not sure it's totally fair to give J-Mac that full 16 minutes, which is maybe what I came into training camp thinking. So slight stock down, but I would, in an effort to not give everyone stock ups, I, I'll put J-Mac there. I had a stock neutral until I like remember that he was just a DNP against the Lakers, but like before the game, Finch was like, yeah, he's not playing tonight. And to me, that was almost like, we we know what we got with Jordan. Like we're not we're not worried about playing them tonight. Like it was almost like an honorary thing. Like hey, Carl's not playing, Rudy's not playing, Jordan, you don't have to play either. Um, but you do make good points. Like they can run that Laker game. I think Austin Rivers had four assists. Like you can throw Austin at the point. You can throw Jalen. You can have point and like you do again have all these other guys that can bring not just bring the ball up but initiate offense for sure. But I I still think though I remember that 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 first preseason game against the Heat when Jordan McLaughlin's on the court, you just you just your plus minus is going to be through the roof like you just yep. he does all the little things that help you win games and to your point i think he can also catch a couple straight dnps and be a, i mean he is kind of sneaky old right like a 26 year old guy we think yeah. he's like this 21 year old kid still from the g league but i think he's just the absolute perfect you know backup quarterback he's a guy that you can call on when you need him but if you don't need him you have other options so it's a nice thing to have when you don't have to play jordan mclaughlin agree i think that's i think that's well put i'm I'm really looking forward to watching J Mac play this year in a in yeah, an same. offense that we anticipate being a little bit more pick and roll heavy. Um, ob- the obvious one to like say we're excited to see him play with is Rudy, but also if Nas is in the rotation too, um, a little bit more bulked up, better balanced Nas. Can Nas be a better role man this season in this offense? He obviously has a came a chemistry with J Mac there so uh i'd love to uh, yeah i just want to see j mac run a lot of pick and roll this season in an offense that asks for that a little bit more and i think he could i think 20 games in the season we could be you know saying his stocks way up because i wouldn't be surprised if in terms of net rating plus minus whatever we get 
a month into the year and it's like, oh, there's Jordan McLaughlin second in net rating on the team. Again, that's just kind of what he does. I am curious to see how much he plays, though. I think I think just to conclude that this whole little experiment, I know that we're doing this Friday morning. The Wolves will will finally get to see it tonight, right? You'll be yep. there live. We get to see probably what this real starting five looks like tonight when Rudy and Carl both take the floor. Um, but again, this exercise is actually important because A, I, I have no interest in talking about the preseason anymore. <laughs> B, it just confirms again, like these guys, like Austin Rivers, I had stocked down. He is like the 13th guy in a possible rotation. Like this is such a deep team. And my biggest actual basketball takeaway from that Lakers game was that the Wolves second and third stringers are truly like night and day better than like a Lakers second and third stringers, right? Like the Lakers were relying on a guy named Matt Ryan to come in and like hit (laughs) shots. And we're like, I don't know if Bryn Forbes is going to play like those just completely different talent levels right now. And you've seen that all preseason. And again, while it's meaningless, like, that 4-0 record is because this team is just so deep, and that is the number one storyline for me this season. Is just when when your starters don't have it, Finch has shown no fear and just sitting a guy, playing a bench guy, and I think that's how you push this thing over the over the finish line to win a bunch of games. Is just having a bunch of dudes you can call on any night. That alarm just was going off on my phone was a reminder that I need to go to shoot around. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> wrap this up. We'll do uh, we'll do uh, our prize picks quickly here. I you've been tracking our records in this. Do, mm-hmm. do you have it uh, in front of you? Because this one I want to accentuate my record because it's not as bad as my record has Jordan been. Jace. With Jace. yeah. Uh, I'm four and four after what I think four weeks. You are four three and one. You had that okay. weird Alvin Kamara didn't yeah. play game, so you're technically up. So I will defer to you to start this thing off. I I decided to go weird. Um, <laughs> Like, normally I'm kind of like, you know, lining up all the players of like, okay, who has the most passing yards? Is it weird that Joe Burrow is like second? You know, it's kind of like looking at the market. Today, I just looked, like scrolled through the picks and was like, I'm just going to try and find some that seems stupid. And I love this one. Tom Brady, more than negative 0.5 rushing yards. So the old man moves at all. This on Sunday, then uh, then I win a a prize pick. So I've taken Tom Brady more than oh. negative 0.5 rushing yards. You had that too, dude. I was just staring at that last night for an hour over a bottle <laughs> of wine. Just like so, wait. If he takes two kneel downs, it's gonna lose. But like if he sneezes and falls forward, he's gonna win. So you took the and over- I feel like he's yeah yeah. I took the more okay. than yeah yeah more than negative. so that if he gets zero rushing yeah. yards, the bet wins. If he doesn't take a kneel down, you win. Yes. And, but, but even if he acts like, I feel like I've watched a handful, at least on like red zone or whatever. Like I've seen Tom Brady, like oh, scramble a little bit this year. It's, it's like my favorite thing because he's so slow, but I think Tom Brady gets zero rushing yards, zero rushing yards. You win the pick. I'm, I'm going with that one. What do you, so, so, so you had that too? I am. Yeah. That you get four points. If you win that one, Let's uh, go. no, just Justin Jefferson over 89 and a half receiving yards. I think I saw Miami's like bottom five and all passing categories are just like they, they can't defend the pass uh, they have an injured secondary i i think you know just as everyone who listens is probably gonna be watching that game i think justin jefferson is gonna be running around 11 12 targets uh so that seems like a low number so over 89 and a half receiving yards and then i also had jeff wilson of the 49ers over 66 and a half rushing yards he averages 17 carries a game the falcons give up like 4.8 yards per carry that equates out to be like 90 yards, um, and the 49ers are favored. So give it to your back. They love to run the ball. They're going to win the game. Jeff Wilson, over 66 and a half. My second pick is Brees Hall, less than 82 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. I feel like we've got to the point in the season with rookies where like people now know who they are. Yep, and if they've been good at all, it's like, oh, Damian Pierce is like a top eight back in the league. And I think Brees Hall is like, even more that I've like looked at like some rest of season fantasy rankings and like I'm like, wait, you have Brees Hall like 12th? If he'd be he'd be a first round pick. I'm like, no, let's remember that Michael Carter is still there and and getting a lot of the rushing work. I know the Jets have been a little bit better, but I think we've gone a little bit too far on the Jets and Brees Hall. Um, maybe I'm wrong here, but I'm gonna say less than 82 and a half rushing and receiving yards for Brees Hall. Keep an eye on prize picks too. I saw that they had some uh preseason lines up for the Rockets game today. So check back, you know, once this pod drops later this morning, maybe they'll have some Wolves 
mm-hmm. players listed. If not during the regular season, it's a great thing to kind of build a little entry and go watch the game or watch at your house. So yeah, shout out to Prize Picks and one more preseason game. We're almost there. We're almost there. Again, prizepicks.com and the Prize Picks app, promo code Dane. If you want a hundred dollar sign up bonus when you create an account, it is daily fantasy. It is not a sports book, so you can play this game in Minnesota. I'm enjoying doing these uh, with you and Jason, even though I'm not very good at them. Uh, but uh, I hope those of you will play along. Those of you who are listening will play along with Jason, myself, and, and Kyle this year again. That's PrizePicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Promo code Dane. All right, Kyle. One more preseason game. Uh, let's do that. And then by the next time you're on here, we will have an actual NBA Wolves regular season basketball game to have talked about. I'm flying out next Friday uh, from some work trip. I'm going to meet you in Minneapolis. I land 45 minutes before the tip, so I'm going to sprint over to Target Center. They should handle the Jazz by a good 30 or 40 points. <laughs> and then uh, and Thanks. then we'll do a little recap. So, yeah, it, one more preseason game, a couple of days off. I know a, a really fun event on Monday uh, at Forgotten Star. And then, and then it's here. We've it's been here. waiting for this since the 4th of July. When Rudy Gobert and I landed in Cancun, um, it's, it's going to be the biggest, most exciting season ever. So uh, I'm getting really excited. Let's do it. Uh, he's Kyle Tige. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle Tige. You can listen to him on Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey over at Score North as well. Um, I will not have a show for you immediately after uh, tonight's preseason game. Next episode will be on Monday morning with uh, with Chris Hine. That's when we will get into our first look at the Rudy Gobert and uh, and Cap hearing, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Forgotten Star that night, Monday night, and basketball time on Wednesday. So thank you, Kyle, for doing it. Again, follow him, everything Kyle does. He's Kyle. I'm Dane. Till then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else around.